Hello, I'm getting older, I'm fading slowly, and now we are back on the internet doing our bipolar circle. And the birthday show today is about, uh, well, I don't know. Uh, growing old. No, it's not about growing old, it's about pleasure. Let's say that uh, I'm... Uh, I'm trying to get away from uh, this uh, reality now. We are locked inside in a small uh, place, in our small studio, in a dusty cowboy city here in Oaxaca, Mexico. Uh, I drank some beers uh, to celebrate my loneliness here. And uh, yeah, what can you do? I right now have no partner, so uh, sex toys maybe. Yes. There's a few sex toys uh, for uh, men. Uh, I've tried some vegetables, some tropical fruits, since I live in a tropical country. What do you think about sex toys, Leona? Uh, my favorite sex toys has always been the carrot, as I'm trying to use just ecological sex toys. It has been very few that I could actually use, so I choose the carrot. Yeah, I guess at least the uh, vegetables are super safe to use, so no diseases there, so continue with that. And yeah, growing older and older in the end, I will probably not get my dick up anymore, and I probably don't want to have sex. Uh, what's the future of my sexuality? What's the future of the planet? What's most important, future of the planet or future of my dick? Yeah. I don't know, it's too many questions. <laughs> So at least them getting ready for loneliness uh, and the need to use sex toys to satisfy myself. Uh, I hope they will make some better for men. And uh, yeah, we will continue to do this show if somebody don't kill us or we die of corona or some other kind of new or old school disease. Uh, so uh, if you like or don't like what we're doing or saying, it's nice if you give a comment or follow our show to 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 have more shit to say about us later. Please give us some comments, write us an email or send in the comment field a little bit about what you want to hear, a little bit about uh, what you think about our show or just give us uh, some kind of bad attitude or whatever you feel like. And we just got um, a shop opened up on the internet. So in the future, if this show continue, as I hope, we will soon be able to give away T-shirts or coffee cups to inspiring emails or comments. Yeah, and if you if you do something interesting or have something very interesting to express to us and our listeners, and you feel you want to have a birthday show with us, please uh, write us an email and uh, tell about what you're doing and maybe we can talk online. We have some uh, ideas for live events where we will invite people to ask us questions. Yeah, so we'll get mm. live events later with questions and answers. So get ready with uh, inspiring or destructive questions for us and we will try our best to answer from our ignorance and stupidity. Thank you so much for listening. We will continue no matter what. We are locked inside uh, here in a small uh, filthy apartment in a cowboy city in Oaxaca and have nowhere to go and nothing else to do. So we are so happy to be here to entertain you and uh, make you a little bit more informed about people that magically appears in our reality. Yeah, you're kind of our only friends at this moment. 
uh, growing uh, older, thinking about uh, what I can do. I will probably stop having sex now and be totally unsexual and unfunny. I don't know. I've seen some pretty old people having sex. Oh, yeah. Well, okay. So we got to talk with a little bit older couple that comes on our show that is doing sexual education, especially for older people. And they are also selling sex toys. So something that fits very good with my state right now, growing older in a very isolated uh, situation. Yeah, welcome to... Happy birthday and welcome to our show, Samantha Evans and your husband, Paul. Yeah, welcome. Thank you for coming and happy birthday. Happy birthday. It's your birthday. Happy birthday. It's your birthday. Happy birthday. It's a great day. Okay, so, uh, yeah, sound. Can you talk a little bit, Leona? Okay, I'm testing sound. I'm Leona. Hi. <laughs> Hi. Okay, yeah, then I think uh, I think it's working. Okay. Yeah. Um. Um, hello and welcome to our little birthday show. Today we're going to make a show for you. Uh, happy birthday. Happy birthday to you. <laughs> happy birthday. Happy birthday to all of us. Can you please tell us a little bit about yourself? Who are you? Um, I'm Sam Evans. I'm actually here with my husband, Paul Evans, and we are the co-founders of Joe Divine, which is an online sex toy company in the UK. Exactly. So uh, do you think now this is the time to produce sex toys? Is it booming now in the corona crisis with people not be able to touch each other? Have you seen any increase on use of sex toys in this time? Um, yeah. Yeah, I think we're, yeah. I mean, it's been um, an interesting period. It was it was very tough to begin with because um, uh, in this country everyone was worried about um, finding toilet paper rather than uh, rather than worrying about sex toys. But once everyone got um, sort of a, a bit more under, uh, comfortable with what was going on, then we had a we certainly had a bit of a rise in sales certainly. Uh, this because it's a kind of a lonely time now. I know a lot of people lying in their uh, bedroom uh, without their partner and maybe then they should check out uh, some sex toys. Uh, since we work with ecology and stuff, we're a little bit like worried about uh, overproducing too much plastic. Do you have any uh, alternatives like in glass or, uh, yeah, or some organic uh, material? Yeah, they, we have glass toys, so they're made from borosilic glass, which is what Pyrex dishes are made from. And we have medical met, metal toys, which are like medical grade stainless steel. Um, but also our toys are high quality, so we don't sell poor products. We don't sell anything made from jelly, latex or rubber, which are very, very poor materials. Um, and also our products have very good motors in them. They're reliable. We work with really good manufacturers. And then our sexual lubricants, we are very careful about what we sell. Our products don't contain irritating ingredients like glycerin, glycols, parabens, glitters, dyes, perfumes. And they actually are, uh, one of them is organic. Um, and basically, and then we've just taken on a Canadian brand called Sutil. And they actually, it's all ethically sourced, all the materials and the ingredients. And Sutil, even the tube is actually biodegradable. 
the um, yes lubricant, the tube is is recyclable. So wow, you know that good. is really important. And also packaging. A lot of manufacturers oh, yeah. now are taking the plastic out of their packaging. They're they're switching back to you know cardboard and paper. They're actually reducing the um, the packaging that they've actually got. There are some brands, though, unfortunately, who are bringing out disposable toys, and we just go, "What? <laughs> Why are you doing that?" Yeah, so absolutely. And um, <laughs> yeah, for us, I think one of the biggest things that we think is if you're selling a good product, then then basically it's going to last for a long time. Um, you know, whereas uh, very often sex toys are seen as being disposable. Um, you know, we have we have a tiny number of returns compared to most other retailers because we only sell good quality products and because we actually feed back to the manufacturers that we deal with if we're having faulty products. And you know, many of the brands we have, we have customers phoning us up asking for a, a charger because they've lost one or something like that, and they may have bought the product eight years before, which is actually a pretty good going for a, for most sex toys. You know, so we. We, we know that our, our, our products that we sell actually keep on keep on working, basically. Yeah, I think you should maybe think about promoting more ecological products as like uh, get a better orgasm with uh, eco-friendly sex toys, uh, have a clean consciousness while coming, uh, ecological slogans for a new time, because I think uh, yeah, it's good to hear that you have a lot of uh, options of uh, no, two plastic in the form of... Uh, metal and glass so for you people who want to have a clean orgasm uh, remember that the plastic is not good for our planet and overproducing too much uh, dildos is not good but as you say the quality if it lasts longer it's also better no so that's okay. most most things are kind of built to get destroyed and most dildos i had a relationship to kind of breaks in the middle you have like this extremely great experience with your partner or alone and then suddenly it breaks right before you're coming and that can make people lose their mind totally and just go out and get aggressive so it's kind of dangerous to produce uh, sex toys that might, might mal malfunction in the process because of the you know the sexual energy might turn into aggression in that time so it's important to keep them going i have a wow. more practical question i read on your website that uh, uh, your sex toys are skin safe my question is this is not all sex toys skin safe no i've just said about the material so jelly and latex and um, rubber which a lot of toys are made from they are highly porous so they absorb bacteria They also degrade over time. They leach out chemicals into your body while you're using them. They also degrade with certain lubricants or things that people are using as a lubricant that have never been designed as a lubricant. So there's a real problem with those toys. So, you know, in particular, I mean, jelly toys, I'll often try and perfume them or, or scent them. So they actually conceal the smell of the jelly. And um, But people often then find they'll get irritation, they get thrush or bacterial vaginosis because they're using these products, you can't clean them. So skin safe for us is high grade silicon, uh, medical grade silicon and the glass, the metal toys and ABS plastic. These are all non-porous. So therefore they're safe to use, they've been tested. And the same with the lubricants as well, it's to do with ingredients. So, you know, lubricants that contain glycerin that will cause thrush, glycols are well-known vaginal irritants you've got parabens are a preservative which are estrogenic we shouldn't be putting those inside our bodies you've got glitters dyes perfumes things that warm you up cool you down a lot of people end up with irritation be vaginally anally on their penis and it's because of the lubricant they're using or the lubricant may be on the 
condom they're using, they think they're allergic to the condom, the latex on the condom, it's actually ingredients on the lubricant. So that's why we're one of the few sex toy retailers around who only sell, you know, just skin safe products. We will we refuse to have any of these things yeah. In any of our products, because I, I sometimes I tried sometimes to use I tried out many different type of condom brands, and here in Mexico I actually had more experience with it. But maybe because it's a very Catholic country, and I was getting to the conspiracy idea about that the Catholic Church was putting like poisonous lubrication on the condoms to make me not want to have sex anymore because <laughs> it all the time got super sore, and it got to the conclusion like how did they why did they produce condoms that I can't use that makes my dick unfunctionable yeah. after and I thought it was kind of like set up from conservative religious people or something. No, <laughs> that will be the ingredients in the lubricant on the condom or it's not well lubricated enough. You could have obviously a latex you allergy could as well. Have a late, but it's very rare. Latex allergy is sort of it affects mm. one to two percent of the population. It's quite rare. So people switch to non-latex condoms but actually they could save themselves money by buying a condom that is lubricated with something that is good for you or using their own skin safe lubricants we so. generally recommend to people um to, uh, to actually use a condom which is lubricated with silicone lubricants uh, rather than the water-based ones because virtually all the brands that use water-based ones their their lubricants actually contain a lot of irritating ingredients uh silicone tends not to be irritating so that's why um that's definitely something to look for. So you say if I'm using a bad, if I'm on myself now using a bad dildo uh, in my body, my body will absorb the chemicals in that uh, dildo and go into my body and I will be full of sh shiny plastic or something like that? Or that's what you say? Um, yeah, no, and certainly, obviously, the, the vagina is highly absorbent, so it will absorb whatever you put inside it. And this is the thing people don't want. So there's even sort of, you know, lubricants with bits of glitter in them. The bits of glitter, they're plastic, it's plastic. It embeds in the walls of the vagina and the anus. People have no idea. And then they get irritation and infection. So, yeah, very much so. And it's the same with the toys as well. I mean, the, the vagina is, is a bulb at the, you know, the inside of your mouth. Yeah. yeah, obviously, you can't swallow from it. But the actual skin inside your mouth is obviously very absorbent. The skin inside your... Um, the anal canal is very absorbent because obviously that's what some people use for administering medicines. But the vagina is the same sort of skin. It, it, we don't, it doesn't have that tough outside layer that we have, the epidermis. It, yeah, that is a totally different style of skin. So it, it, you can actually absorb chemicals relatively easy through the vagina. And people just don't appreciate that. Wow. So, so uh, safe sex doesn't only apply for having sex with human beings. You ha also have to think about that if you make sex with plastic uh, dicks or robots, that uh, yeah. they don't have a <laughs> chemical uh, substance that will absorb into your body. So, uh, yeah, but I also heard that you are working with sexual education. Um, yeah, I mean, my background is nursing, so I do a lot of sort of sex education for adults, really, but also I write written extensively sort of practical sexual health and pleasure articles because even though people might say they like sex or they you know they want to have sex there's a lot of there's a lack of sex education people don't know about their bodies we've got people who you know don't know what a clitoris is they don't know what it's for they don't know how to orgasm and um, obviously a lot of people don't understand about sexual lubricants so they're using poor products that are available wide widely um and so we do a lot of sort of sex education. We also work with our national health service as well, so with healthcare professionals. Um, and some of our products are recommended in the national health service to help people 
regain their sexual function and to enjoy better sex. So, you know, if they've been through surgery or cancer treatments or the aging process, menopause, you know, all sorts. So we work with brilliant healthcare professionals who are really proactive and say to their patients, hey, why have you thought about buying a sex toy? Why don't you go to Joe Divine and give Sam a call? So that's really proactive. And it means that I can carry on my sort of nursing experience, even I'm not no longer registered, but I can still use that knowledge to sort of help people enjoy better sex. So why is sex so good for your health? Because it just makes you feel so much more happier. It releases the endorphins that make us feel happy. It boosts our mood. You know, it releases, it relieves pain. It's that bonding that we get with a partner if we're having sex with a partner. Um, and it keeps you looking younger. You know, our oldest customers that we know of were 95. I've just advised a lady today in her 80s. We actually have we've got a lot of older customers who are still enjoying using sex toys. They might not have a partner. They might not be in a relationship, but they're still enjoying sex toys. A lot of them are, and they're using sex toys together. So the benefits are huge. And I don't. I think from a health point of view, it, it's often overlooked. It's missed or dismissed. You know, people are sort of. You know, when when sex isn't working for people, they're often sort of left to their own devices and they don't know what to do. So Ross is like, you know, we always say there is always a solution of some sort. We can actually help you in some way. I mean, even a non-sexual cuddle is so good for the health. Yeah. You know, it doesn't matter who it's with. If you can give someone a hug, give them a cuddle, you're helping, you, you're helping your own health and helping them. It doesn't even have to involve sex or be sexual at all. Just the very fact of actually touching other people is actually, yeah, is actually good for your health. Yeah, it's very... like hard at the moment because obviously we've oh, got COVID. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's hard for me. I don't have a partner right now and I come out of very troubled relationships that kind of destroyed my mind more than healing me, I think. So I think uh, sex also is a relationship to other human beings. So it has oh, yeah. that human uh, being uh, part of it also that is not only simple sometimes. You have been married for how many years? 23 this weekend we've yeah. been together for 29 and you you are in a mona monogamous relationship or always been yeah and always been happy about it you feel satisfied and happy with your with everything connected to your sex life yeah i mean the sex is good but it hasn't always been good we've both had sexual health issues but we've been determined to enjoy sex so we've actually carried on for me it was using poor sexual lubricants in my 20s and 30s and it caused lots of infections and it led to vaginismus so the pelvic floor tightened up penetrative sex became painful it wasn't until we actually set up the company and discovered the organic lubricants my issues disappeared slowly um, and so sex became more pleasure i mean i'm 52 i'm in menopause and i'm having really really good sex you know so sort of even in my 40s i discovered my g-spot i didn't think i had one I discovered it with one of our toys and at that you know, for us, it, but it's an important part of the relationship, which is why we've always been determined to keep it going. Yeah. And when there's been a sexual health issue, obviously penetrative sex, you do other things, you yeah. know, and we talk to each other. I think that's the most important. We're always saying to people, you've got to talk to your partner. You've got to tell them what's working for you, what's not working for you. Um, but for us, you know, we're hoping we're going to be like our older customers and carrying on in our 80s and 90s. <laughs> I really hope. Anyway. So you feel that uh, your sex life, did it get better or how was it after and during metabolism? It's because I know what I need to do. So obviously we use a good lubricant. I use a vaginal moisturizer and I also use local estrogen. Um, and I also use hormone replacement therapy. That's my choice. It works for me. It keeps 
infections and all sorts of things that they but also I, I mean think, your, your sexual health has actually been better in recent years yeah is it like um, your vagina gets dry after metapause yeah. Yeah, it does. Yeah, oh, no. Yeah, that's because basically you have estrogen receptors inside your vagina and bladder, and then you end up with vaginal dryness. The vagina shrinks, the tissues shrink. It makes it, the vagina tighter. You also end up with bladder issues. So you get um, cystitis and urinary tract infections, and it puts a lot of people off, and they don't realize that they need to be using a good lubricant. But, like, you moisturize your face or your body every day. You should be moisturizing your vagina <laughs> um, to keep it happy and healthy. And so also I use the local estrogen. It's a tiny, tiny amount of estrogen, and it just is replacing what my vagina has lost. But also it's a confidence thing. You know, I'm 52, and quite frankly, I don't care <laughs> what anybody thinks. But I've gained that confidence over the years. I've gained confidence in my own body. I think that's the thing about it. It's, mm. it's, and also doing this job, writing about sex, has given me more confidence. You know, I probably I wasn't like this in my <laughs> 20s and 30s. Always liked sex, but <laughs> my body hasn't. Um, you know, and so, so I think, yeah, because of our job, we've got far less hang-ups about sex now. It's you know, it's when you're you're living, should we say, a more normal life. You, um, yeah, selling sex toys is not really much different to any other career in many ways. Cause you're still, you know, you're, you're you're selling a product, you're putting it in the post and everything else. But you, it, it opens up conversations with so many people and because we actually speak to a lot of our customers on the phone, um, you start to realise the sort of problems that people can have when they don't enjoy sex or if they have a lot of hang-ups about it. And so it probably actually makes you go the other way where you actually think, well, you know, I want to make sure that I'm actually enjoying my life um, rather than going down the route some of our customers have done, to be honest. So. And you feel that uh, because you, you're, you're from, you live in London, no? Uh, we're in Kent, which is the south of London. Yeah, okay. it's about 20 or 30 miles away, yeah. Okay, because uh, we've been uh, in London on the night of the census. That is uh, erotic, like uh, a ward in, uh, in London. And, uh, yeah, we're, we're and I that, always yeah. had this relationship to that uh, English people, and especially people from London, was very stiff, stiff and uptight and had problems talking about sex. But I see in this scene also that you have some of the more developed uh, kind of fetish-oriented uh, uh, groups of people I met in Europe, actually. And it uh, has a very big level of open-mindedness about communication, about sexuality in certain environments. But I wonder, like, do you see any increase of older people that dare to talk to you openly about sex? Um, I think we're a bit unusual because we have an, an older um, customer base. Um, I think a lot of older people feel like that they, you know, they there's websites that they wouldn't go to because they've just, you know, just seems to be aimed at young people. But you know, we work with various people within the scene and people of all ages. Yeah, we, we you know, we, we have many, we've got many friends who are sort of like in the kink scene and things like that. You know, it's um, quite frankly a fascinating bunch of people. It's a it's, um, from what I understand, I think, you know, sort of um, probably UK and Germany probably have the sort of like the biggest scenes, quite frankly, in the, these sorts of areas. Um, but, you know, we, we know fascinating people. We, we, we work with a lot of people through our Instagram accounts and things like that who are on the kink scene. But, yeah, I mean, I, I think, yeah, older people, younger people, everyone's changing all the time. And I, I think what we've learned is you can't sort of say this person is old therefore they're interested in this, this person's young, they're interested in this, because some young people that we've spoken to have been the most uptight about sex 
out of everything. So, um, and that's the yeah. new generation. I think. I think you kind of come from this middle point generation where a lot mm -hmm. of people were opening up, being tired of all this uh, kind of suppressive rules and trying out new directions. And now the new generation has become like a new form of uh, trying to be so correct as possible, trying to be so good as possible at everything they're doing, trying to somehow uh, show themselves as the perfect human being. And sometimes that feels like in, in politics and uh, expressions uh, for becomes somehow a little bit more narrow-minded. I see that with nudism and stuff in, in Germany also, that the older yeah. generation is very good or very free about going naked on the, on the beach, while the younger generation is more interested in their style and how, they look, how their clo clothes style is. And, and, and also are afraid of saying the wrong thing right now in the political scene, especially with sexuality, women rights, gay rights, transsexuality. It's, you need to somehow know exactly what's right to say. And that change seems to change almost every day. You, you are not in that scene in one week and you say something and you suddenly tr transphobic or something like this. So maybe young people are afraid of talking to become more and more sensitive subject to talk about. I, mean, uh, I don't want to yeah. suppress women. I don't want to suppress gay or so transsexuals. Oh shit, maybe I shouldn't I open my mouth. I think the uh, I think the big problem is these days, uh, and we are you know we're on social media. We've we've been trying to push onto Instagram a lot more. Um, I think the big problem that people are worried about, and quite understandably, if you get one thing wrong, or if you say one thing wrong one day, then you can literally be torn to pieces. So you know we have very strict. Uh, you know we have somebody else running our Instagram account. Um, you know she knows the rules that we we work under. She knows what limits to, to to operate within, and what you know what things to talk about and what things not to talk, to talk about. And sometimes we go beyond those. But if that's that's me or Sam deciding to do it, then that's up to us. But we, on our own, on the uh, Joe Devine account, we would never stray, for example, into politics if it's not something you know beyond um, you know telling people in the you know occasionally we've sort of said wear a mask or something during the COVID crisis. But apart from that, it's not we've never sort of strayed into anything else. Um, on our own accounts, then um, you know, I'm more than happy to um, you know, shout about my own personal views, and uh, you know, I'm, I'm quite political on my own personal Twitter accounts and things like that. But that's a different thing. But yeah, I mean, you know, my, my own personal views are not generally ones that would actually be held up as being being bad anyway. So it's not it's not too much of an issue for me. So. Um, well, and my I, problem. Well, I was going to say, our daughter is a young sex educator. She's just turned 21, and so she's actually taught us lots of stuff about the whole inclusive community she's learned stuff from us but um you know so also again with pronouns and gender and you know we've actually really had our eyes open to things that we weren't aware of um you know and i think that's been a real education it's been brilliant and her view is if yes if you misgender somebody once then that's fine you apologize you just don't do it again and it's this whole thing you know that I think I think the thing is as well for us it's been an education you know me, making friends around you know the people who we've met through the kink community and things like that you know m meeting them and actually when I was younger if I saw somebody who uh, was uh, transgender or cross-dressing or something I'd be you know oh my god you know what what is this strange person whereas now I have friends I have friends who are transgender and things like that is it to me it, back in the 1980s it was something that was strange and weird and everything else like that. Um, you never met gay people in sort of like normal situations, it seemed, because either you were 
incredibly out as a gay person, or you just didn't actually, or you just didn't talk about the fact you were gay. So now meeting people who actually say, I am gay, I am bi, whatever, and you know, over recent, uh, over, over the past sort of like you know, decade, 15 years, it's my, my whole mindset has totally changed as to just from having my eyes opened, you know, it's, but I think that's the case for so many people. I mean, the, the fact the UK, you know, like in the UK now we have, you know, gay marriage and everything else like that, that you, you, can't, you can't put yourself in that same position. And actually, if you'd have told me that when I turned 18, you know, back in the mid 80s, I would not believe that, you know, uh, sort of 30 years time, everyone, I'd be there going, yeah, what's the problem with that? Because it would have seemed really odd to me at the time. You know, I mean, everything has changed out of all recognition, quite frankly. Yeah, I'm just and just thinking a little bit because we've been putting ourselves out naked and doing weird shit on the internet with Fuck for Forest and having sex uh, so everyone can see it, even publicly. And I got kind of comfortable with that after some time. Now, when we're doing this podcast, I suddenly realized that I'm a much more attackable person now when I say things, and especially because. I like to joke about stuff and sometimes I like to say dirty words and maybe I say cunt and maybe that's like sexist now. I don't know. I don't know that's the thing. Is like, I, I really don't want to offend people but at the same time I want to be me and I want to be able to express my humor and not everyone takes can understand that so I feel sometimes that it's got maybe too political and too little like kind of uh, understanding that there are people who likes to joke and there are people living in nowhere land that don't get this education so easy. So I feel like sometimes it's become more about telling people that they're wrong than actually creating kind of a unification between the different ideas and that people respect each other for what they are. It's like, you have to be like this, you have to say like this, and then I respect you. But yeah, but I don't want you anything bad. I love you, man, I, or woman, or whatever you are. And I, I just want to be me, like you want to be you. And maybe I'm not saying the right thing. Maybe I'm from a different culture. I'm from Norway. You're from England. If you go to America, it's suddenly different. So suddenly now I have problems with the word fuck in Norway that don't even exist in Norway. I was talking to some friends on another show from Germany, and if they say fuck, that means like some kind of box or something like that in German. So it, it depends. Uh-huh. It, they, they made like a car. Uh, the uh, Some Japanese car company made a car and they called it for Honda Fitta. And they wanted to promote it, especially for, for wives, like because it was like a cheap, small car. So it was like Honda Fitta, the new wife car. But in Norwegian, Fitta means pussy, vagina. So, and they were like, okay, the new wa- wife car, like Honda Kant, kind of fitta is kind of like a dirty word for, for, for pussy. <laughs> so all this confusion about language, when we're sitting online, when we have all this social media, we're suddenly like talking to an international audience that have so many different ideas. We have listeners from Saudi Arabia. So yeah. it's like, it's very easy, difficult uh, to kind of keep yourself correct for the whole world. Actually, if they're listening from Saudi Arabia, how hopefully they're interested. You know, that's the thing about it. You're going to get people who are interested. They're curious. You know, for us with our customers, and often I'll end up having conversations with people, and we end up talking about all sorts of things. But we open up people's minds and eyes, mm. and you know, that's important. And going back to younger people, I think actually they're choosing not to have sex because they don't want to have crap sex. 
you know, rather than putting up with the bad sex of deciding, well, I'm going to wait until I, I, I learn about my body, I understand more. And I think there's a lot more about that was I think maybe, you know, when we were students, you know, you'd have been quite happy to have a drunk and, you know, you get drunk and whatever. Don't get me wrong, students are probably still doing that and young people. But I think they're actually making more choices about choosing not to have poor quality sex. I, th I, think, I think Tinder might disagree. Well, I don't know. <laughs> some, 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 some younger people, I don't know. Yeah, I, think I think there is a, there's a big problem, isn't I mean, this is something we're hearing. I, I think it sounds right, but I think the problem is that tin, from what I've heard, from many people that things like tinder have totally destroyed the the dating scene for people and, and it's totally destroyed you know people's ability because basically people now almost like feel obligated to have sex within one or two days it's perfect for uh -huh. using for fuck for forest i tried it and it worked so i'm, I'm like i just want to say that before uh, that bad sex i'll manage to eliminate with doing ecology with sexuality because if i made a video with a person and i was like okay it was not so good sex but at least i saved some nature at least i did something <laughs> with it no so then it just turned out <laughs> good anyway so it was like kind of the same so everyone out there that are afraid of safe sex make a video and uh, some photos and send to fuckforforest.org because it will make you feel you do something for the planet. I have a <laughs> so I have a question. We can all kind of agree that our sexual education was not very well in schools. So as a mm. uh, health and pleasure expert, how would you like the, sec uh, the sex education to be in school? Well, the sex education here in the UK, we've just had a new curriculum. Um, in fact, our daughter was involved in the making of it. It's gone through so many different changes. They are trying to make it as inclusive as possible because of the LGBT plus community have been neglected. But again, pleasure has been missed off the curriculum. It's the one thing that has been missed off, mm. which is it frustrates me because why, why do we have sex? The, the majority of the time we're having sex for pleasure. We're not procreating. You know, thank God I've, I've only got three kids. That's enough. And in this makes me really frustrated, but they are actually, you know, including, you know, people of different genders and sexual orientations, which is really important. Um, but the thing is, it, it's not compulsory. I mean, it is going to be compulsory, but teachers can pick and choose what they want to teach. Um, and some schools won't teach very much. Some schools will do a really good job. I mean, our children as well, you know, we've got our youngest is still at school, he's 16, but the sex ed at their schools was very poor, which is why our daughter got into it, you know, four years ago when she was 16. Um, and basically on the last day of school when she was 18, they did actually have some teaching. And she said to the teacher, well, I should have had this when I was 11. You know, I shouldn't be having it now at 18. So, but also we need sex ed for when people leave school. We need sex ed in universities and, you know, we need we, sex ed we for young people. We, need we know that with our customers. A lot of them... We, we have, I mean, it's one thing that we often find really sad is that we have customers late in life. And as Sam was saying earlier on, they don't know what a clitoris is. They don't know where it is. You know, people think... Never had an orgasm. Never had an orgasm. We literally have customers, um, we do... You know, fairly regularly get customers phoning up literally in tears um sometimes before they bought a toy from us and then sometimes afterwards out of sheer happiness they've actually literally had their first orgasm so at the age of 65 or something um you no know. one should wait that long no. <laughs> their first orgasm so the sex ed you know in the uk it is moving on but this has been nearly 20 years in the making this mm. you know it hasn't been updated for 18 20 years um, and again, it's gone through the politicians and, you know, initially it was going to be really good. And then they've sort of made changes to it. And, um, you know, I'm hoping it will be 
better. It's got to be better than what we had. Um, but again, across the world, you know, sex education is not being taught in places. And in, in, like in America, you've got abstinence and it's not working. We know it's not working. Why do you um, think you people know. are so afraid of, uh, of uh, pleasure? And uh, and uh, also to educate because I believe that the sex is beautiful if it's performed in a in a in a good communication with the with the people. And uh, why is it uh, that people in education are so afraid of showing naked people or showing human beings having sex? Do you have any ideas? About, do you do you think yeah. it, do you think it would be okay? Uh, do you think it's okay to use uh, real? Uh, Material like real uh, naked people or real human beings having sex to educate, for example, children. Um, I think I think there's no point in going down that route because there was it, they would never it would never get anywhere. Um, and I would also argue that, quite frankly, that's actually just going to cause uproar both with parents and with children. There's literally no point I think actually going down that route because we can't even get them to use anything else. And also, it probably would make some people, both the teachers and the children, uncomfortable. And it would have to distract from the whole education side. But that isn't that uncomfortable part of education? It's like, uh, because, for, for example, if you're on a nudist beach, I've seen people have their families or, their, or children on nudist Sorry, beach. I know yeah. that the children don't really have a problem with seeing naked people before Sorry, uh, adult you. people react in a way that makes them feel that there's something bad about it. And I know also the education in... In Norway, for example, have a very good uh, uh, section. Well, it depends how you see it. The, the, there are parents yeah, that keeps the education back, but there are sci psychiatrists, child psychiatrists, for example, that's worked with this subject for a really long time. And they realized that to show real sexual material or naked people to children do normalize bodies and sexuality in a way that children dare to talk and ask questions more openly. That also leads to that uh, abusers of children have less possibility to abuse the children because the children know more about their own borders. So if they get abused, they will tell people much faster. For example, an abuser can abuse a child and tell the child they do something wrong or is something that they will not be loved in the same way or bad things will happen and the child because of the uh, not understanding their own limits of body and sexuality because I think that children do uh, discover everything else in the end that's what's so much different from my nose to my dick uh, it's just how the society sees it so like we're fighting so often for for liberation of women in Muslim countries for example that they can show their hair but what's the difference to fight Why, why is it so uh, difficult for us to show our genitals I, to be I think, naked? I think in this country, it, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't work in this country at the moment because we can't even, you know, it, it's not even a... But anything being too explicit is already framed on anyway. The problem in this country is the media. You know, it, it's actually um, generally uh, more right-wing media, newspapers, etc., etc., and they will make a big fuss about anything and try and cause a fuss Whether they, whether they actually believe it's right or wrong or not isn't the point. The point is they want to create a bad, um, you know, something bad around it. So you, you you can't even show, even even just doing stuff with drawings is hard enough to show. You know, there's um, people are trying to do things. They will make up the biggest story around something as they possibly can. You know, they will say. Uh, they'll make up stories about, say, oh, such and such a sex educator is trying to show porn to six-year-olds or something. When they're not, it's, we know that they're not, but they can make a headline out of what they're doing. 
I think the other issue is as well, there's always this myth that if you teach children about sex, they'll go and have sex. And we know mm. that the research shows, teach them about sex, they'll delay their first sexual experience and it'll be pleasurable. Uh, yeah, because uh, education can lead to that uh, children actually wait longer and not get yeah, no, pregnant so easily. Yeah, because they're educated and they're more likely to have their first sexual experience will be a pleasurable sexual experience. But they are more likely to wait because they've been educated, they've been taught about their bodies, they've been taught about pleasure. But the problem is a lot of people think as soon as you teach kids about sex, don't get me wrong, there will be children out there because they're all curious, but there will be curious children who want to have sex at a much earlier age. But actually generally the research shows you teach them, you educate them, teach them about their bodies, then they actually will delay their first sexual experience and they'll be very careful about what they do. They're more likely to practice safe sex so they'll use the condom um, you know, and they'll be careful about what they're doing. And I think this is something that we've got to get across to people. But you get one parent in a class who complains, then the other 29 parents are happy about it, then they will stop it. We've had that with our children at primary school. And actually the one child that the parent, you know, the parent is withdrawing them from the lessons is the one child who needs the lessons because they're the ones who are being inappropriate and sexual um, to other people in the class, certainly girls. My daughter had that, and my son had that in his class. And it, you know, the parents removed the child, and actually, that child desperately needed to learn about sex education. But maybe they weren't mature enough. Maybe that was the reason why. So, but kids will go and find it. They'll go and find it on the internet, and they'll go and find porn. My they will find it on the internet, exactly. And then you get uh, <laughs> children educated by pornography on the oh, internet. Uh, yeah. I will say, fuck for forest is the better. If there's any children listening now and you need to learn about sexuality, at least we are doing it for nature and we do it for fun. So uh, the uh, commercial porn industry is not the place to look for education. And uh, I think also that it's weird that uh, parents can deny that because they force religion on children, for example, in school or other things that you can't just go in as a parent and say, I don't want my child to learn about this bullshit. I want my child to learn about this bullshit and this bullshit, but not this bullshit. I thought that was the whole point of government to somehow know a little bit better and therefore say this has been investigated. We have a psychiatrist and a lot of research on the subject and we just know better than you. So you, you, you can't say it. Sorry, society has developed now just like you can't uh, make hate towards uh, colored people or transgender or lesbians or gay. You shouldn't be allowed to make uh, complications for people who try to educate sexually either. And if people are allowed to do that, then we can't move forward. No, exactly. And also those parents are the ones who aren't likely to educate their own children. Obviously, my kids have been educated, you know, so much. Um, because it's, I didn't have any sex education from my parents, so you know, I wanted to teach my children. But it's just been a general part of the conversation. It's been ongoing, you know, curiosity about bodies and using the right terminology. Because again, for my children, I wanted them to know clitoris and the vulva and you know their penis and just know the body parts that they actually have, they own. Um, and and that's an important thing when you went talked about sort of you know um, abuse as well because then it gives that child that power to say well I was touched here and often you know they don't know what these body parts and they can say to people don't touch me there's some really good campaigns about you know children not being you know with child abuse and children sort of saying you know with consent and not being touched we've got our um, you know the NSPC which CCC which is our um, national child um, protection um, agency. 
And that's really, really important. The problem is when they're not being educated and then they don't know what is right or wrong and should they be, you know, is it okay to be touched like this? And again, it's even in the playground, you know, children saying to other children, you know, is it okay to touch you? You know, just this is the thing about it. It's actually teaching respect. I think the idea of sex education is you want your children to grow up to be young adults so they can have happy and healthy sex sexual relationships in whatever way they want to, whatever gender they are, whatever sexual orientation they are. And they know that and they recognise that and they respect other people for it too. Um, you may not agree with people's views, but actually, you know, if it's if it's consensual, it's pleasurable, everybody's enjoying themselves, then what's the difference? You know, yeah. that's the most important. But people, governments and, you know, I don't know, churches and religions, often they don't want people to enjoy themselves because sex always has to be seen shame as shameful. And yes. Shame is a massive problem. It's a huge problem. I just want to say to your parents out there that stops uh, direct sexual education, that uh, education is everything and the society, the world that is like it is, will educate your children no matter you want or not. And they will eventually find out what pornography is. And you show everything else like uh, destruction, cars, pollution, uh, kind of destructive human behavior every day and denying children to learn about the beautiful side of life, how they were created through sexuality and give them a, a comfortable view on that while showing them all the negative sides of society totally openly I think will create kind of a like a destructive philosophy about what uh, what is beautiful and what is destructive in life. It's about values. If you don't include that sexual part in it and you show all the other stuff well... So I have another question. Um, as I'm living here in uh, Mexico, um, from my own experience, uh, guys are very jealous. And uh, my question is, when you're selling your sex toys for women, does it happen that uh, the question come up about a man, the husband, being jealous about the sex toy? Uh, we've had customers ask us, do we have a completely silent toy they can use in bed while their husband's asleep? <laughs> we we certainly have had on many occasions um, uh, toys returned because they're basically their partners spending day uh, and they've been told absolutely no way. But that actually, it, but it's not just one way. We've often had men buying toys for their partners um, and then their partners being too have actually said to them, "There's no way that I'm using that." So it does go both. And also, you know, men have actually been. Uh, women have, have bought toys for men, and then they've, they've actually then said, oh, my husband said absolutely no way was he using it. So I think with some people there is a bit of jealousy, but it, it happens in all directions, doesn't it? You know, we, we have men buying toys for women, women buying toys for men, uh, women buying toys for themselves, men buying toys for themselves. And in any of those situations, the partner can go around and say, no way. Um, it really, th there is no direction that there's more jealousy or more upset in. And I don't know if it's even usually jealousy. I think it's actually just the shame of a sex toy. Yeah, and, and, ma and maybe the fear that the sex toy can give more pleasure than actually they can yeah. give. Yeah, and the replacing, and this is the whole thing, is a whole myth, basically. They won't replace, you know, your sexual partner because, you know, yes, it can stimulate you in different ways that, you know, somebody can with a penis or somebody with a vagina. But actually enhances relationships, couples play together. And actually when you use a sex tool, you then discover what works for you, how to orgasm, and you know, and I think then you can show a partner and it enhances that relationship and actually it opens your sexual 
I use really to say, well, actually, I quite like that. We've got people who started off with little bullet vibrators and they've gone on to full bondage gear because they're, you know, they want to explore that. And, um, you know, nipple suckers fly off the shelves. We're just amazed because our older customers really like those. We, uh, I, mean, I think one of the things as well is that it's, it's actually also how they're phrased. I mean, uh, um, in the UK, I'm not sure, so sure, I think maybe in the US as well, often they were known in the past more as sex aids um rather than toys and you know we always we, we always call them toys because we think that sounds playful um to me a sex aid almost implies that there's something wrong with your sex life which there may well be but it actually is saying there's something wrong that we have to fix whereas sex toys sound like something you want to play with they're fun you know that's and people make mistakes. Obviously, you know, uh, you know, often people will buy a toy that's much too big for their partner and they go open the box and go, oh, I'm never going to use that, which is, there's always this view that, oh, bigger is better. And we know, well, actually, no, that's not the case, you know, in some situations. But certainly with the toy, using the toy um, is very different. A vibration is very different to you having sex with a real penis. So that happens um, to actually with uh, that guys have like a penis uh, kind of bigger is better when they buy uh, uh, the dildo to their girlfriend. It's not just bigger is better. You know what men are like as well. We all, we all love a you know um, a fashion gadget and things. Like, you know, men will buy something which you know would would do everything: clean the dishes, clean your teeth, uh, everything. And um, very often for us, we very often sort of say to people, go with something uh, simple. Yeah, something which you know what, how to use it. Something nice and simple, but good quality. And that's actually the way to go. But the men will very often buy something which has every single last function on it most of which aren't required but actually a lot of the toys are gender neutral even though they may say they're designed for a vagina or a vulva or a penis and and actually you know a lot of the vibrators can be used on the penis too and i say this to people you can use them together that bullet use it on your clitoris on your nipples on your partner's penis if you're with somebody with a penis and you know on their nipples it's actually being creative with the toy don't just rigidly stick to that i can only use it on a female person you know it's, it's somebody with a vulva or a vagina no vibrating your penis is amazing if you haven't tried out uh, out there you guys that are uh, like uh, kind of jealous on that girls have a much bigger uh, supply of sexual toys you can try some of the stuff and don't be afraid of doing some anal also if uh, you're not gay putting a plastic toy up your ass maybe or plastic something but uh, you don't need to think about uh, anything else than that and no diseases everything just try to have fun and experiment with your body and uh, sexual toys are for that now one thing i would say is if you are going to use a toy like that uh, um, for a guy then obviously make sure it has a flared base so you don't end up in uh, in your hospital having to have it retrieved so okay you have stories about people who use sex toys and get like barbecued or i saw and remember one of the early early porn movies i watched when i was a kid started with a woman um, masturbating with a dildo that were in the beginning of the movie and she has like a dildo attached to the the main electricity and then she lose it in the bathtub and she get executed and the movie is about her lover trying to find find sexuality again because she can't get the orgasm after her lover died so that's the story of the movies I, i'm like does it happen that the dick get ripped off or the vagina get like kind of like smashed to get so something we, bad happens with these toys are they safe are, and also people using you know we don't sell metal cock rings because obviously you can get penile strangulation they're really dangerous and you end up having to have the fire service cut them off but also people using diy toys so you know things that were never designed and we talk about vegetables and fruit and you know mobile phones and you know it, things that people will stick 
up their orifices and they end up in the accident and emergency department. So, you know, that's a really important thing. And not only should you be using a skin safe toy, but something that was designed for sex, not something out of your kitchen cupboard. Yeah, that's actually um, that's how... Well, How they are ex educating in Norway now also is like don't uh, in the kindergartens and stuff they let children kind of play sexually to get together if they kind of are supervised and they say like don't put sharp objects up your ass no don't put that it's kind of yeah. necessary for adults also it seems they have to be no don't put your mobile phone up your ass yeah. I mean it's and it's stuff that you have to say to people but it's also things that they use out of the kitchen cupboard you know sort of you know um Vaseline and olive oil and baby oil and cooking oil and all sorts of hand cream. We hear all sorts of things. And again, don't choose that as a sexual lubricant. It was never designed for that. It's going to cause you problems. It will sting. It will burn. It will cause itching. People think if it's slippery, it's fine to use as lube. Yeah. But I, we hear all sorts of things. I, I had just, I didn't have try so much because I, I was, I'm one of these jealous at girls because you have so much great toys. And someone gave me in a present one time a, a plastic vagina and I did have sex with it. I did fuck this plastic vagina. I needed to find out how it was. I, I was kind of excited about trying it. And it did, uh, if you put it in warm water or something before and you get it kind of uh, body temperature and you use it, it kind of feels like a vagina. But after I'm kind of feeling like I just made love to this plastic thing and it made me feel like kind of shameful about myself after but I did it again I must admit I did it multiple times after okay. <laughs> the, the shame didn't stop me I'm kind of in that way shameless so but uh, yeah it's a I would like to try more toys so it's not sad that we live in Mexico now but so or else you could have maybe send us some toys and we will have done some uh, kind of reviews for your special sex toys uh, on our show or for our website but yeah if you um, are in Mexico or if you have possibility to send us stuff we will be happy to try anything I watched yesterday gay people have so much more interesting stuff like ball crushers with electricity and weird <laughs> shit I would never try uh, that's where I see okay here if accidents happen it will be something for YouTube for sure. We had we had a, a very fascinating chat with, um, uh, as I say, you know, obviously the, the kink thing in in, uh, in London and everything is huge. And we had a, a very fascinating and quite um, scary chat with one guy who who made all those sorts of things like humblers. Humblers, yeah, the ball crushers are called humblers. Um, you know the ball. So you're you're a good uh, known with the ball crusher. But no, so he was he was telling us about because he, he make he makes them himself and he sells them for, for very large amounts of money all around the world. But they're all handmade and things like that. But the, the stuff he was like telling us about and showing us was absolutely terrifying. I mean, it's um, it's well outside the sort of thing that Joe Devine normally sells. Cause we're we're, uh, we're much more sort of uh, mainstream, middle of the road at the moment. So. You're more old school sex toys. toys. Men anyway, you know, there yeah. are a lot more toys coming to market for men. You know, we've got really good male vibrators and. Um, you know, and I think that's the thing. A lot of men think they've just got their hand and they don't understand the sensation of a, you know, a vibrating toy or something that might suck or, you know, just the sensation that it will offer for them. Um, I know, and that's what we try to explain to people. And also, you know, enabling them to get an erection if they're struggling a little bit. Yeah. And, you know, this is the thing. It, people actually don't understand. The even, I mean, even the simplest thing like a you know, silicone coppery or something else like that can just make a real difference to... Yeah, especially somebody who's you know, getting older or whatever. If you just you're a bit tired, you need a little bit of help. Something you know, something that just costs a, a little bit of money, 
can actually be it can literally last for years and years and years and can actually give you a lot of fun um you know it, it doesn't have to cost you a lot of money uh but you can get a lot of fun out, out of something like that it just changes sex you just like a little bit which actually can be which is all you know um which is always good you just have a that little bit of variety and say it could literally just be something as simple as a There's a, a small pot green, basically. I used like some vegetables to try out. Leon also tried carrots and cucumbers and the normal things. And I tried some tropical fruits since we live in a tropical country now. And you, you would say it's not safe or I should maybe invest in a toy. It's not safe. I will catch some kind of vegetable disease. Or... <laughs> vegetables, you can't. They've got embedded dirt on them. Doesn't matter how much you clean them. And obviously they might have a rough surface. So you're going to cause abrasions internally. And then fruits, obviously, you've got natural sugars in them. So that can cause thrush. If you're sticking a peach or something up at your vagina or a banana, it's actually got sugar in it. So you can create a sugary environment and it can actually change the pH of the vagina. You can actually get thrush. Lots so, of bits can break and off bits as well. Bits can break off, yeah, and, you know, that's the thing about it. Oh, you so, hear me? Oh, 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 shit. What? Okay. Whoa, we had dangerous <laughs> sex with vegetables. A lot. <laughs> condom on them then you'll be all right that's the important thing protect your bed and your fruit with condoms i think one of the things as well though is it really does depend on basically how lucky uh, especially if we're talking about vaginas here how lucky the owner of that vagina is because um you know for sam she's she's unfortunately suffered from things like thrush and, and bacterial vaginosis things like that over the years which have been caused by you know just the simple things like lubricants that haven't been very good So, but other people can basically, they can just do whatever the hell they like throughout their entire lives and never once get thrush or any other condition. Some people just have, like anything, you know, it can be, you know, I, I have problems with my the skin on my face and things like that from time to time. I'm just unlucky in the same way, you know, Sam was unlucky for her. But and many women just, it really just never, they never experience a day's problem with anything. And then, Other, there's other people at the other end of the spectrum, you know, way beyond, you know, we, we work with a lot of people who are incredibly sensitive, you know, when we, they might be sensitive to a lubricant or a moisturizer that we sell to, you know, literally thousands of people and nobody has any problems with, and yet they can't even put a, a dab of it on their arm without coming out in hives. You know, there's so many extremes on these things. So you say um, that the organic stuff you have will be fine, working fine. It will not make any skin irritation for no one. Not for no one. We do know that some yeah. people might have an irritation, but we obviously we've got this other lubricant as well. But so many products cause irritation, and then the problem is we have the intimate hygiene industry. I know what it's like over in Mexico, but we here in the UK, you know, there are washes and douches and all sorts of crap on the shelves in the supermarket and high street. People get an itch, they get a bit of discharge, they'll rush and get a wash, they'll use it, that'll exacerbate their problems because it's got the same ingredients in it. Or people think that they need to wash everything, certainly our vaginas, and we can't wash our vaginas, and we they don't need to smell like roses or la lavender, you know, but people are destroying their intimate health. They're actually ending up with all these problems. Um, but actually the lubricant industry, people just don't know. Until you get a problem, You then become a detective and you start checking the label and you start checking the ingredients. And when you start realizing a light bulb goes on, you go, ah, that's why I'm getting that irritation. I've switched to this lube or these, this condom brand and I haven't got the irritation anymore. So, you know, that's the thing about it. That's what we're trying to educate people about, their intimate health. Because your sexual health and pleasure goes hand in hand. And when your sexual health is affected, your pleasure is affected. So if your sexual health is good, your pleasure is going to be much better. Your sex life is going to be better. 
So, we, you know, that's what we I mean, need to talk about. It is for people who are very sensitive, it really can be down to anything. I mean, if you're, for instance, um, allergic to something like castor oil or something like that, which some of our customers have been, or some people are allergic to aloe vera, you know, we sell an oil-based lubricant, which is absolutely fantastic. But for those small minority of people who are actually allergic to any one of those ingredients, it could be coconuts, it could be any, you know, it could be any of those things. So if they're just allergic to that in their normal digestive system, they can they'll quite likely be allergic to it as well if they're using it in the lubricant. Kiwi is a particular problem. Yeah. There are there is a lubricant with kiwi extract, and obviously a lot some people are allergic to kiwis and strawberries, and then they might find they're allergic to the lubricant. So yeah. it's a matter of being a detective and finding out what works for you. And not using any old rubbish. Yeah, so know that if you start to pain on your dick or vagina, it could be the lubricants you're using. It could be the Catholic Church produced condoms that you're using. <laughs> so uh, maybe change them to a more liberal condom brand. I don't know. It's um, it's many things you can do to to make the health of your vagina and uh, dick go better by using the right uh, things on it and not things that will uh, make. Uh, pain and uh, rash so so that's good that you have uh, options for that and that you can talk about it because many people uh, actually don't know why this is happening sometimes and don't uh, actually find people to talk to because they're afraid to talk about the subject and never get uh, really informed by it so yeah so it's kind of maybe it's easier for you to have great sex than what you thought maybe just change a small detail and it will be good again and uh, can you Tell me something. If you if you meet uh, older people that says I'm too old to have sex now, I stopped having sex. Wh wh what would you say to them? You're not. You're not never too old. I, you, that's the thing for us. We know this couple that you know we had several years ago. were both 95, having a second honeymoon. They were really enjoying our sex toys, not having penetrative sex, but doing different sexual activity, using their toys together. I think the important thing is though, if you actually if you don't want to have sex, don't you, have to have it. that's fine. <laughs> You don't. You also don't have to have it. You shouldn't feel ashamed of not wanting sex. Obviously, the biggest problem is where you're um, you're in a partnership with somebody, and where one person wants to have sex and the other person doesn't. Always not able to. Always not. Yeah. Um, I think the not wanting is probably more of a, a, pro mm -hmm. a proper problem. If if some one of them isn't able to, that's a problem for the couple. Mm -hmm. Very often, because the person who can't have sex actually it feels incredibly guilty because often they've actually had a good sex life and things like that. And we get a lot of we speak to a lot of people both men and women who, who are in that situation um but if you if if you and your partner or just you by yourself don't want to have sex again don't feel guilty about it but if you actually want to have if you're just sort of saying i'm now too old and i don't have to worry about it then again that's also wrong if you don't yeah you don't have to worry about it but if you actually sort of think you're too old to enjoy sex, then no, never, never okay. No, and uh, what would happen if one of you, for example, lost totally interest in sex or something happened to you that you didn't want to have sex anymore? Would you understand or allow your other, your partner to maybe have sex with another person or would you find another way to go around that? I think that's rather a hard question to ask at the time. Uh, well, obviously our yeah. customers are buying sex toys for themselves yeah. often if their partner is no longer able to have sex. But they'll use the toy together or they might just use it on their own. Um, so, you know, I don't think we haven't had anybody I've heard that they've gone off and found anybody else. But, you know, it is the thing we often hear that. I have heard that from younger people who've been through maybe cancer treatment. And they've told their partners to go off and find somebody else, which is really heartbreaking when there are things that we can do to help them. So, 
you know, yeah, there is that potential. It's um, called surrogate so partner, no? It's like a surrogate partner. It's still yeah. keep the love, but uh, your loved one <laughs> says like, yeah, yeah, it's nice, it's fine. It's sad because they're struggling with their sex life. And we've had women in menopause doing the same, you know, the sex life is over. They feel they don't know what to do. And they'll tell their partner to go and find somebody else because they're really distraught. They, they feel bad for their partner. A lot of these sort of things could probably be solved by yeah. relationship therapy rather. It's not necessarily a sexual problem is actually a relationship problem uh, and, and it, again it's down to people not talking not being honest about how they feel um, obviously if somebody is seriously ill then it um, then it may well be that the last thing that, the, uh, that either of the partners um, the last thing they're thinking about is sex or, or whatever but it for um, for many people it, it that you know, people are usually really considerate about their partners in both directions you know, we often have men saying that they're aware of the problems that their partner's been has gone through, say with cancer treatment. They're desperate. Their problem is actually their wife, uh, their, you know, their, their female partner might want to have sex, but the male partner is actually really frightened of actually hurting them. So, although the the person who's actually been treated with cancer might be going, yeah, I'd love to have sex, the male partner actually can have performance anxiety, all sorts of issues, just because they are going, you know, I'm really worried about hurting you after all the things you've been through. Uh, and those sorts of things are the sort of things that we can sometimes help with, but very often people actually really do need some sort of uh, uh, therapy as well. That sounds kind of uh, sad to be in a situation where you are like that, but the most important in love is to take care of each other. So, uh, yeah, we you can find it out in the way you want. I guess uh, uh, it's important to be there for the person that uh, is going through a difficult time and maybe is not so sexual and to just uh, let that person go because uh, it can't satisfy you sexually anymore would be horrible. But there are, uh, I also believe in free love. So I think that also can uh, save some people, but it's up to the people how they experiencing life and experiencing love and relationship. And now in the end of the show, I would like you to, if you have something really important to, to say to our listeners or something that you really want to express, uh, especially give us some okay. wisdom words. Okay, well, the most important thing is you're never too old to enjoy pleasurable sex. You're never too old to buy a sex toy or start discovering sex toys. You need to look after your sexual health. So use a good, really good lubricant with free from horrible ingredients. Use skin-safe toys because not only are there some made from bad materials, but also there's a lot of fake and used products available for sale online. Um, and basically start exploring, you know, different ways to enjoy sex because sex is really important. Orgasms are really important. They're really, it's really good for your health. <laughs> yeah, I mean, my biggest, strongest message really would actually be ditch the shame, yeah. which I'm sure is a message you, you'd actually agree with. But Ditch yeah, the me, shame. Uh, Live life without shame. Yeah, don't be ashamed of the fact that you enjoy sex and you want to have sex. Just, you know, and also... Talk to you know, if you have a partner. Talk to your partner. Actually, you know, actually make sure that you actually tell them what you want from sex, and and actually also find out what they want from sex. So therefore, you actually both can actually enjoy the relationship with each other. Wow! Yeah, it's uh, it's a big world of uh, sexual exploration to do for you people who haven't experimented enough. Maybe if you talk more to your partner, you will uh, realize more of your 
sexual fantasies. So um, thank you so much uh, that you joined our show. You can go down in our podcast uh, website and check out the links uh, to these beautiful people's uh, projects. And uh, if you're looking for sex toys, uh, take a look at their shop and buy yourself a quality sex toy and have more uh, joy with your orgasms. And Leona? Yeah, don't be afraid of experimenting and learning about yourself. And thank you very much for joining our podcast. And uh, continue to have a great birthday. Happy birthday. Okay, bye. Take care. Bye. Bye. What did we learn? Uh, they claim that I can still have great sex even if I get older. So that made me a little bit more positive. The plastic part of the sex toys I'm still very confused about. Uh, I'm happy that they have uh, alternatives. And yeah, if you find a condom, hopefully ecological, you can always put it over your filthy, uh, polluted vegetable to then put it up your anal or vagina. Yeah, I'm very sad and confused about this. I love my carrots, and now I have to use a condom on my carrots. I'm not so sure about this anymore. Yeah, because uh, safe sex is sometimes like annoying because yeah, you don't want to put that plastic bag over your penis or have that plastic inside your vagina, but it's something we have to do for responsibility for others and ourselves. So yeah, that's where the vegetables came into the picture and kind of tricked us to think that sex with vegetables would be safe. And so wrong were we. So wrong were we. So that's what we're doing this show for, to try to inform ourselves and you people out there about all the dangers in this world we didn't even know was more dangerous to maybe inspire us to live more safe or be daredevils and face everything just uh, directly without any kind of safety net. Okay, so uh, <laughs> what did you did you learn anything special from this show that was important for you? Yeah, the carrot part, definitely very important. I'd used it so many times in my live shows and when I made photos alone, I used carrots all the time, bananas, carrots, cucumber. Well, okay, I, I learned that uh, vaginas of women get dry after menopause. I didn't know that, but you can always use lubrication, uh, use some organic lubrication. You don't have any al allergic effect towards using. Uh, but me, as a guy, if my dick suddenly falls apart in my aging process, I have pharmaceutical medicine, no? like Viagra, or there are some uh, herbs out there. Yohimbe is a, Yohimbina is a herb from Africa. You can eat that and it gives you a really good boner. I tried it out and you shouldn't walk too much because you, if your dick uh, kind of rubs on your pants, you will get kind of a, a erection kind of anywhere. And also nudist speeches and stuff. It's, uh, if you don't care, it's, it's wonderful. And it's wonderful when you want to have a great massage or a sexual experience because it makes your uh, body sensation much stronger. So if you want to try out something natural that actually has been used as a natural medicine to cure impotence and difficulties with sexuality, try Yohimbina, Yohimbe. Uh, it's legal in most countries and you can find it online. Uh, or else I will have to start to worship the medical industry and eat the blue pill uh, my, or just uh, kind of accept that my sexuality died out before I died. And before, and I don't yeah. know if that's possible. I mean, you will always have your fantasies like, yes, because your penis doesn't go up, does it mean your sexuality is dead? No, that doesn't mean it means that you can still want to have sex, but you can't get your penis up. 
And, and that's uh, like every day, no? What? I usually get my penis no, up. No, no, I then meant like that's that's like you go outside and oh yeah, I want to have sex, but there's no sex partner around. Okay, that's maybe how it is being a woman. But if you because you can always use lubrication and get it inside there. And I, if I don't get it up and don't have any helping aid around me right then, like chemicals or yohimbina, then I would be fucked without getting fucked. And I would. Uh, that's also creating some kind of psychological uh, spin. So you know that, or I might not get an erection. Yeah, you scary. will not get an erection. So it's like a, it's a bad circle. Yeah, that's scary. Yeah, it's scary to get old. It's scary to get born. It's scary to live, and it can be really beautiful and wonderful also. And uh, yes, so don't be afraid of experimenting. That must be the conclusion. And uh, so yes, so if you want to. Um, inspire us a little bit something we talked about before is that you might uh, want to give us some uh, comments in the comment field or follow our show or write us some threats or whatever you want to do and uh, that will inspire us to continue to do the show so uh, please uh, do that do also check out our shop uh, if you want some effects from Fuck for Forest or from Bipolar Circle and check out our website fuckforforest.org if you want to masturbate and have problems getting your dick up or your pussy wet. Uh, the, the interest in saving nature uh, together with sexuality, if you combine it, if you go inside the website and look at it, it will make your pussy wet and your dick hard right away because it's this combination of consciousness and sexuality together in an amazing, beautiful, erotic and challenging manner. So please go there and touch yourself. Yes, we hope you will continue to have a great orgasmic sex toy trying out birthday I hope you got some great sex toys in your birthday so continue to use that up your ass your clitoris or you can vibrate it on the penis head and uh, until then see you in hell or paradise happy birthday happy birthday